morning, church. It is a nostalgic feeling to be worshipping with you again. When I first came to Amokyo 11 years ago, Amokyo Methodist Church 11 years ago, I worshipped and served at the Bishan Junction 8 service. That was the predecessor to the Amokyo Hub service. And, and then in 06, eh, sorry, in 07, when this building was built, we moved from J8 to this cinema hall. And Amokyo was a growing church. And for the few years, the cinema service was supplementing the lack of space in our main church. And things really got exciting when we were doing our rebuilding project for the main church. And then we looked back and then we found that we were very lucky to have, very fortunate to have this Amokyo Hub service. Because it supplied us with six cinema halls every Sunday to accommodate the 11, uh, 1,100 members who were being relocated from the main church during the two years. So for two whole years, we operate six cinema halls and ran two morning services for 400 adult worshippers every service. Then on top of that, we had the children's youth ministry serving the toddlers from age one, the teenagers to age 14 every Sunday. You see, the cinema is running a business on Saturday midnight movies to and start the next morning on Sunday 12 uh, after lunch movie screening. So the logistic is very challenging. We could not set up the day before on Saturday. We had to set up in the morning as early as 6.30 and by 12.30, everybody got to vacate and return the cinemas to the operator. So this everything includes what you see here, the altar, the musical instruments, the TV, the, the speakers, the lighting, and the Bible study materials for the children's ministry, the toys, the toddler mats, the usher materials, everything. You see, the Sunday team was fantastic. They thought of everything. Only two things they could not control, and still they could not control, was the comfortable seats that we were sitting on and the air conditioning. And you all know that these two elements are very potent temptation for the Z monster. You know, I, I admit I've been in your position before. You know, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So now enough of history. Let's begin this time with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you that you love us so much in Amokyo Methodist Church, all of us here. You brought all these people to worship here and serve here together so we might be a community that reflects your glory. Help me to share clearly your message and help your people here to understand and receive you and your holy word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A friend was in front of me coming out of church service one Sunday. And as usual, the pastor, if we go to the main church, the pastor will be at the, at the exit of the sanctuary to greet the worshippers. So the pastors were at the, at the door greeting the worshippers. And my friend approached the pastor to shake his hand. The pastor grabbed my friend and pulled him aside. He said, but the pastor said, Brother, you need to join the army of the Lord. My friend replied, but pastor, I'm already in the army of the Lord. Then the pastor asked, how come then I don't see you except on Christmas and Easter services? My friend leaned towards the pastor and whispered, Brother, I'm not supposed to say this, but I'm serving in the secret service. I'm sure most of us will know Christians serving in our Lord's secret service. They profess Jesus as the Lord and Savior. They pray when they need to attend important services on Christ Easter and, and Christmas. Some more regular, they attend services a few times a month. 
and float in, float out, but nobody knows them. But we know they are there. When you ask them to join a cell or join a ministry, they are usually not willing to commit. But you know they are there until maybe they suddenly disappear. And then with internet and social media and all these mobile devices that we have in our hands, there's another type of secret service Christian, and I call them the cyber secret service Christian. These are the kind of Christian that attend church in the comfort of their home or their sofa. In the morning on Sunday or any day, they switch on the YouTube, they worship with any international worship leader, go to any preacher that they like, including Amokyo Methodist Church website, and they will be able to listen to a sermon. And they believe that the worship of the Almighty does not need to be restricted to the physical church building or the physical service. They believe that their, their virtual worship is still authentic and maybe more effective because they get their best materials from the world. I suppose each of these brothers and sisters have their own rationale. But today, I'd like to share with you what the Bible says about this. I hope I'll be able to convince you that Christianity is never meant to be a lone ranger religion. So let us turn our Bibles to the passage, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 25. You can, uh, I don't think you have physical Bibles here, but I suppose you have Bible apps. Hebrews 10, 19 to 25. I apologize, we don't flash this on the screen. And I'll quickly give you an overview of the passage. The book of Hebrews is one of the most well-known books used in preaching and in church. Unlike most of the New Testament, which is made out of Paul's letters, Hebrew is structured like a sermon and is preached to a house church of Jewish Christians. And those days, the times were hard for Jewish Christians because they were first fiercely persecuted. Many were physically abused, their homes were plundered, sent to prison or made fun of in public. Some fallen away, gave up their faith. Some did not, but many were on the verge of giving up. It was a time of crisis for the church. So the general message in the book of Hebrews was to appeal to the believers that Jesus Christ was and indeed the real Messiah. Their salvation and eternity is secure. And so therefore, they do not need to give up. It is worthwhile to persevere and endure in their faith journey. So our passage for today verse 19 to 25, is a three-part encouragement from the preacher to the listeners. You can see it from the three letters in the passage in verse 24 to 25. The first letters is, let us draw near to God with a true heart in full assurance of faith. The second one, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. And third one, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds. The first two letters is simple to understand. He says that now we have Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the great high priest. Even with life's difficulties, problems, and, and persecution, we can draw near to God. We can have faith and we don't need to give up because Christ and His promises are real. But the third letter is a bit out of place as we read it. It is like the author talking about all the big concepts of Jesus Christ that how Jesus is the real deal, then suddenly the author steps on the brake, change the topic and say, let's talk about church attending. You know, so how you'll not be attending church, huh? you have to attend service. To the author, having a faith in Christ, having a hope from the end to come is not enough. We need a Christian community to get us there to the finishing line. What then does the Christian community do? 
in verse 24 and 25, there are three points. One, we need to stir up one another. The word stir up or spur in Greek is a very strong word. It means to sharpen, to stimulate, to provoke or to irritate. It is used in situations like to stir anger or to incite anger. It tells us that not only we need to have faith, we need to stimulate, irritate, provoke each other in order to sharpen our faith. Whoever says Christianity is a lovey-dovey religion is probably wrong. This verse literally tells us to take something and poke somebody until he feels the pain. Second point, we need to encourage one another to be stronger in our faith or in the context of adversity in the passage. Our religion cannot be in a silo. We need each other's help to keep us going. We want somebody to smile with us when we are celebrating our victories. We need somebody to cheer us on when we feel tired. We need someone to pick us up when we fall. We hope for someone to hold us when we feel sad and downcast. We cannot be secret service Christians and do all that. Christianity is a very relational faith. A relationship built with God and a relationship built with a community of believers. Point three. I'm convinced that technology is very efficient to help us connect with one another. But the Bible here says that we should continue to meet up together. But with the level of technology today, point one and point two, to stir up one another, to encourage one another, cannot be efficiently done over the virtual world. <coughs> now, if you are in my generation, you remember that Facebook can poke somebody. Yeah? All of you can remember Facebook can poke somebody. The origin, uh, event of Facebook is to poke somebody. Then suddenly, they think that it's a bit rude, they change it to like somebody. So, I'm not trying to, it's not the same poke here, but you can't do a virtual relational activity as efficient as you meet the person face to face. Quality relationships is built on the foundation on the quantity of time spent. I remember a newspaper article that quote about it's a parenting quote. It says that there's no quality time without quantity time. There's no quality time without quantity time. So meeting together is fundamental to our stirring up one another, to our encouraging of one another. We cannot build relationships or do community in the context of a few bytes of WhatsApp messages and photo sharing and online likes and posts. I've been a Christian since 1996, 21 years. There have been ups and downs in my spiritual walk. I, as I reflect, it was when I achieved my spiritual successes or when I'm stuck in the mud or in real big trouble that I feel closest to God. I suppose most of us will generally feel this way. The spiritual highs and the, and the closest to God is when we are really down or when we are really achieving success. The times I feel furthest away from God was interestingly at the height of my career. Things were very, very busy one project after the other, one deal after the other, endless emails, phone calls, business trips, and always away. Making money and achieving commercial success became more and more important. My faith was superseded by urgent work and important customers. Work became an instinctive priority. I cannot stop checking my phone at service. Faith was overcome by many secular influences. 
And as time goes by, the Bible is not important. The pastor, whatever he says is not important. Church services is not important. The song doesn't really matter. Cell group has no meaning. I was spiritually bankrupt. It dawned upon me that if I carry on, I lose my faith. I questioned myself, if I were to be a Christian like this, why bother even to come to church? It's better that every Sunday I go to the market, and read newspaper. It's better than to come here and listen to somebody that I don't really bother. But I decided that after that period, I still want to love Jesus. And I decided to go back to a cell group, any cell group, anyone that I could, any Christian community. The outside world does not believe, does, does not care what I believe in. The pressures, the requirements, the spiritual pitfalls in the marketplace are the real and present danger that I face. But the two hours of cell every week, two hours of service every week, my participation in church events and activities and mission trips, they put me back in an environment where my faith matters. It's like I need to recharge my dose of spiritual energy, my spiritual faith generated by myself and church friends before I can face another week of lying dead in the marketplace. I know some of us here are turned off by corporate religion. The Bible says of this standard, but the church doesn't lift up to it. We don't feel the warmth, we don't feel the care or concern that the Bible speaks of. But it doesn't mean we stop fellowshipping or coming together or, or stop encouraging one another. It is precisely we know that we sin, that the church has not lived up, that we have to keep on trying and keep on learning to spur one another towards love and good deeds. Sin and failure is part of our DNA. But we confess, we forgive, we accept, and then we try again. Proverbs 27, 17 says that iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We sharpen one another just like iron sharpens iron and until our spiritual blade becomes very sharp, until we become perfect, become perfected. The passage we saw in Hebrews 10 is, time, is a time where Christians and the faithful were under attack. The authors of Hebrews told the, told, the author of Hebrews told that this Christian, told this Christian that it's not enough to be faithful, to persevere. But more importantly, we need to be faithful and persevere together. To reach the end point, to be able to realize the final promise of eternity, we need to cross the finishing line. We cannot do it alone because somehow life circumstances just push us out of path. When that happens, we need people to poke us, we need people to encourage us, or just to drag us past the finishing line. We keep doing this for one another until everyone crosses the finishing line. This is the Christian community of Hebrews chapter 10 that I want to challenge every one of us to be part of. We may not be persecuted like the Christians in Hebrews, but the distraction of life, of marketplace, remains very big. And the scary part is it is very subtle. It can be our work, our secular influences, our studies, our families, our babies even. I know, I've been a father two times. I'm still a father two times. They are very distracting. But when it hits us, it can hit us really hard. 
So we need to get out of our comfort zone. Take action. Initiate participation. Don't wait for your cell leader to invite you or your pastor to invite you. It is your own faith. Don't, don't need to have, we don't need to have that paisei attitude. Sorry, I'm very paisei to come. Nobody asked me to. Or I don't like church activity as attitude. It is our own faith. We need to take it into our own hands. So family, if you feel this sense of dissatisfaction, if you're not in a cell group, go visit until you find one. In Amokyo Methodist Church, there are more than 50 cell groups. Or join any interest-based ministries like the Women's Society of Christian Service, WSCS, or the Men's Ministry, or Worship Ministry, the Witness Evangelism Ministry, the Missions Ministry, the AV Ministry, the Asher Ministry, or any ministry. We want to grow our hub, we want to grow our hub services. And this is a good time. Volunteer. Don't just sit there, be a recipient of others, of the ministry of others. Let's go up and spur somebody towards good works. No matter where you feel comfortable with, cells or any interest-based ministries, interest-based ministries. Remember, these groups are all Christian communities that will help us grow up and grow, grow in our faith. And when you are there, you are there to help others grow in their faith. No matter our life stage, no matter how busy our life, Hebrews tells us that to keep on this journey of faith, we have to make effort to participate in Christian communities. There is no such thing as a secret service Christian. I want to end off today's sermon with this imagery that I heard from a pastor when I was a young Christian. All of us go to barbecues, right? You know, and those days in my generation, uh, in my time when I was younger, barbecues are in East Coast Park. We book, we buy our chicken wing as a secondary school friend and, and our fish ball, we charcoal, and then we go book a park and we set up the charcoal. And we use the, the what do you call it? The, is it called stamma? What do you call it in English? Starter, fire starter, and then you try to light, light up the charcoal, and then you fan it until the charcoal becomes red hot. The whole kit becomes red. You put the chicken wing on the grill, and then you grill it. Now, at the point of the charcoal become, becoming red hot, take a tong, take something, take out one piece of charcoal, and put it on. The piece of charcoal will grow brightly for a while, and then it will just fade away. But the heat of charcoal together will continue to grow brightly until the end of the barbecue. The Christian community is the same. If you are a lone ranger, you glow brightly for a while, but you are nothing. But if you are together, you glow brightly together until the end. Let us pray. Father, thank you for this Christian community that we have in Amokyo Methodist Church. The precious bonds that we have through our community and our service to you binds us together on our common faith journey. Help us to cross the finishing line. Help us to cross the finishing line together. Help us to want to, part, to be part of this family so that we can be there together in eternal beauty. We ask of all this in the name of the precious Son, Jesus Christ.